January 2nd, 2011. VGN Radio presents Kevin's Oblast Radio with your host, Kevin Baird. Uh, tonight's guest, I have on uh, Sam Phillips uh, from Essex, England. Welcome, Sam, to the show. Hi, hi guys. Uh, Sam gave me a little message uh, earlier, and you um, wanted to join the show, and I, I've been trying to get somebody on from England for a while. I had a guy that was on or messaged me before. He worked the gate um, at the... Uh, uh, the tunnel that runs from England to France. I'm not uh, sure. Euro, Euro tunnel. Yeah, Euro tunnel, and uh, something didn't that didn't work out or something. It probably was my fault. I don't know. I I get a lot of people that want to do the show, and it tends to be one of those things where my schedule is kind of a it's sort of a roller coaster. It depends on what t- kind of free time I have. But this past week's been pretty good for me because I um I took the whole week off, so. Uh, I got everything done that I needed to get done. I've been able to churn out some shows lately, so that's been really cool. So it's good to have you on the show. Uh, I know we've talked to um, a guy from Kenya uh, who grew up in the, um, uh, you know, with a British system, uh, education system, that kind of thing, because it was a English colony. And then we talked to Days two two shows ago, uh, and uh, you know, being Indian, he also went to an English uh, education system. And I uh, figured, well, you know, maybe we keep talking about it. It's about time we got somebody on who's actually in a real English education system when they were a kid. And uh, <clears throat> what it's like over there in, in good old England. Um, it's kind of weird, though, that the way you talk about like a system. Because, obviously, I'm not sure how it works over in America. But I know you have you have to pay, don't you? No. You have, do you not have to pay? No. Well, it depends. No. I, I mean... Paying is relative. We all pay taxes. I'm sure you pay taxes, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, we have public school, and uh, so everybody is, you know, you have to go to school. And, and so uh, there's a public school system that's actually, it, you know, it, you hear about how terrible it is a, a lot of times, but it's actually really good. Um, there's just inner-city neighborhoods have uh, poor uh, taxes. You know, they don't have as much tax money, so their schools aren't as good. Um, but for the most right. part, the, the, the bulk of, of people go to um, public school here. And then there is a, um, there's also a thriving um, private school system. But the problem, the problem in the United States, though, with that, with the private school system, is that you pay taxes. You pay a lot of taxes. Here, the way it works is that you pay from your home. Uh, your taxes are basically going into the school system. So, like... I pay $5,000 a year on my house for city tax, and that just goes to city services. But the, but the majority of the city service that I pay taxes on goes towards the education system in the city that I live in. Now, yeah. if I can put my kids, if I had kids, I could put them into private school, but I don't get a refund for that money that I've put into the city. So it's like I'm double paying. So you, you kind of have to be a little bit, you know, you, you either, you know, you make a lot of money and you're, you're really sensitive about your kid's education um, and you don't think the public schools are that great, so you put them in a private school or, um, you know, you don't have much choice because the neighborhood you live in isn't that great. But for the most part, yeah, most people just put their kids in uh, pu- uh, public school and they do that uh, when, they, when you purchase a house, basically, you know, the big question is, is you know, how are the schools here? I don't know if that's yeah. what it's like over there, but that's that's what it's like. Yeah, over there. we have a uh, catchment areas. It's, it's something like a few mile radius around um, the school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, okay. So. Well, before we go to there, let's uh, let, let's back up a little bit. Um, let's talk about uh, now. You're in Essex, so where your parents 
this is how we usually start anyway. We, we go back to where your parents originally met and, um, you know, where you were born and everything. Can you take us through that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, well, my, my dad was born in um, Hackney, which is, um, which is part of London. Um, and my mum was born, uh, I can't remember exactly where she was born, um, somewhere similar <laughs> near Hackney. Sure. <laughs> um, very London, basically. Both of them born in London. And uh, my dad, he uh, um, used to run a shop. We call them over here. We call them cheap jacks. That's like the nickname. They literally sell like household appliances, picture frames, washing up liquid, uh, ornaments, basically everything. Hmm. Yeah, um, I don't know what you call them over in the states. Uh, he he sold it at a store type of thing, or I mean, yeah, yeah, you get lots of them over here in the towns. They just they they just sell everything like they. Like mini markets sort of thing. Oh, okay, it's kind of just like a. I mean, we have like a general store here. I mean, I don't know what else you would call it. I mean, we have stores like that, but I don't. We don't have. Yeah, a, imagine don't imagine have a, say like Walmart without the food. You know, it sells everything. Right. Exactly. So, we don't. We just don't have a name for it. Yeah. Yeah, they call it nicknames cheap jacks. I don't know where that came from. Hmm. Uh, Cockney rhyming slang or something. <laughs> but um, yeah, he had a store in um, Barking, which is East London. And um, he used to he lived in Enfield at this point, which is North London. And my mum and her family moved to Dagnum, which is next to Barking in East London. And um, basically, uh, she was walking the dogs one day, and he and uh, she caught his eye. And my <laughs> dad, being the uh, smooth operator he is, you know, made his move. And voila! Yeah, there you go. So, uh, so they live there. Uh, no, the, when my mum got with my dad, they moved to Enfield. Which is in North London. Okay. And, um, at this point, my my dad already had a kid, and so did my mum. They both had a boys, and they both and they both their names were Daniel. So <laughs> I've got two older brothers called Daniel. Nice. <laughs> Believe it or not. <laughs> but um, yeah. So I was born in Enfield, which is North London. Um, and after a few years, obviously, my mum getting lonely up there, and my dad working in Barking moved us all down to Dagnum, which is where my mum's family live. And um, we lived there for a few years up until I was about, literally just before I started like going into school. I was about four or five. This is about 89, 90. We moved to um, Dagnum. Okay. Okay. And uh, and you were, you were, so you were like, so uh, what year were you born? Whether it be 75, 76, I'm not sure. No, no wait, 85, 86, sorry. 85. Yeah, okay. No, no sorry, I'm going to back up. I've, sure. Um, I was born in Enfield, and literally just after, we moved to Dagnum, which we lived for a few years. And from Dagnum, in about 89, 90, we moved to South End, which is in Essex, which is literally where I live now. Okay, okay. So I got a bit confused. Um so, um, yeah, we moved to uh, South End, which is a beach town, which is pretty much where I live now. If you look at um, the UK, right, it's got, on the left, you've got the long bit, and then you know where the River Thames is? Yeah. Yeah, it's literally it, what it looks like, like the backside of England. That's where I live. <laughs> okay. And, and you like it there? Yeah, it's okay. It's just small town, beach town, you know. Um, Say like the equivalent of New Jersey, I'd say. Shoo! I don't know. I don't know if you want that to be your equivalent. Um, but yeah, I hear what you're right. saying. <laughs> yeah. So um, okay. 
So you um you, you went to school there. You didn't you started in Essex basically with school, or I mean I don't you know where when you first joined like your elementary school or whatever your primary school. Where did you um where were you living? Same place. Yeah, so we lived. It was in um when we moved to South End, which is in Essex, in about eighty nine ninety. Okay. I started. Um, I'm not sure what they call, I think it might be the equivalent of. Uh, kindergarten in america right it's called uh, reception the reception year okay she's literally like you're welcoming into school you're going for about four hours a day you know you just play get to know the kids do the tiniest little bit of work you know literally like coloring in between the lines and <laughs> right. stuff like that so that's kindergarten you got it yeah so i think um start there about four or five and from there you go into infant school which is the first year like okay. the first stage of your school oh okay and you're there for two years, so you do year one and two in infant school. I went to a school called Ells Hall, which is in South End. It's quite a nice school. It was um, like an old, very old school, like kind of old Victorian building. Okay. Yeah, it's got a massive, massive building. The ceilings were about what seemed when I was a kid about fifty foot high. <laughs> what, what's the um, what's the population like at a school like that? I mean, how many people like were in a, in a school uh, in that area? Um, we had, in our year, literally year one, we had, uh, one class and, um, we had about 25 to 30 kids in that one class. Okay. Well, that's a class. Do you know how many were in the school? Um, I think maybe 200. Oh, it's not too bad. Yeah. 150 to 200. Okay. You you do your two years of infant school and then you move to junior school. Oh, all right. Infant, infant and junior schools are usually on the same campus. Okay. You know, they always usually double buildings. The infants is underneath and the juniors are on top of two buildings next to each other in the same um, grounds. Okay. And then from a junior school, you do year three through to year six. And um, while you're there, you take, just before you leave, you take a thing called uh, the SATS test. And that gives you an idea of. Um, like what what they want you to do and uh, where they can focus on you when you go into a uh, senior school, which is a uh, like high school. Okay. But a lot of our, a lot of our senior schools now are calling themselves high schools. And, oh really? And they're and they're having proms. So oh, when, yeah. I le- when I left school, we never had proms. Oh look so at when, that! Yeah, you're getting Americanized. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Um, so when I see like kids going to proms now, I'm all like bitter, like oh, I never got a prom. <laughs> so, yeah. That's funny. Uh, so, do you have to wear a uniform? Is that required? Yeah, when um, when I was in uh, junior school, um, it's usually just like um, I'm not sure what you call them, like a polo shirt. Do you know what a polo shirt yeah, is? Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, polo shirt, just trousers or shorts, um, like trouser shorts in the uh, in the winter uh, summer. Sorry, and um, yeah, just a school a school jumper, which is just a jumper with uh, the logo on. But um, it's not mandatory, but they obviously advise you to wear them because obviously um, kids can be mean if you don't if you're not well off and <laughs> you haven't got the nicest clothes, you know. Right, right, exactly. So it, it it stops bullying. Yeah. So yeah. the um, well, yeah, it, it it's supposed to anyway. I'm sure it doesn't. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> when you're the kid with the holes in the trousers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, you're not not all wrinkly and everything. You're in trouble. Um, yeah. So, uh, what do you think of the uh, education system that you went through there? I mean, did you um, did you think it was pretty tough? No, no, not a, not a, 
Not at all, but um, obviously you always had targets to reach, but we never had, I'm not sure if this is actually true, I mean, I've seen it on The Simpsons and that, do, do you get held back in America? Yeah, you you will, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, they don't hold you back here at all, like, if, if you're struggling, they give you extra help, you know, like, classes after school, you get, or you get an assistant come in, so there was a few kids in my uh, classes that were struggling, so the school got in like a helper to help them through the day. Really? Wow. Be, yeah. Jeez. It'd just be someone sitting with them the whole day. Holy cow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, no, we, there are, there are programs that they can, that different um, schools can apply for to put your kid in like some sort of after school program and that kind of thing. But there's no, um, there's no on school person that hovers over you the entire day. Uh, which a lot of kids probably need here, but yeah, there's not enough. Um, there's not enough money for that. You know, it, the disparity is. Uh, it's interesting how the school system works. I mean, if you go to like my my high school here, uh, the it's all you know, it's all futuristic. The campus looks like it's a college campus. It's so big, and yeah. uh, everybody's got a computer on their desk and everything. But if you go into the inner city, it might as well be like um, you know South America or something, where everybody's sitting on the floor with a chalkboard. I mean, it just depends completely on um, the city that you're in. You know. Yeah, well, that, that's what I've heard over here now is the government, the, the uh, British government, are funding laptops for kids in school. <laughs> Not like proper, you know, like right. netbooks, you know, something you get for about £100. Right, yeah. You've oh. just got Microsoft Word and uh, Internet Explorer on. Yeah, see, I would never fly over here because people would be like, I don't even have a laptop and you're giving a laptop to the kids, you know. I'm not paying for this tax. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, that wouldn't go so well. But that's interesting. So, um, yeah, and he, you know, in the United States, when I went to school, uh, basically, if you were in elementary school, if you got, if the teacher was like, you flunk or you fail or whatever, then you go, you know, you would be held back. You just wouldn't go on. And um, and then what they do, basically, when you get to uh, high school is your your ninth, 10th, 11th, and 12th grade in high school. And, um, like, if you're in ninth grade and you... You know, what you're doing in high school is you're earning credits to graduate. So in my high school in where I, in uh, North, in Cleveland, uh, yeah. uh, they um, you needed like 21 credits to graduate. That was the school system. It was just like 21 credits. Some classes would give you half a credit. Some classes would give you a whole credit. There were required classes that you had to take. And um, when I went to high school out in California... Um, it was similar, but you know, the credit system was completely different. Like you needed 225 credits to graduate, so you yeah. know it was just it was just a different way of getting. You know, different classes were worth more credits over there. You know, it was a little bit more confusing. Um, but uh, so what would happen is, you know, if you're in ninth grade, and this happened to me. I mean, one one year I basically um, it was my sophomore year. I got a zero 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 grade point average. Um, cause I was going through some stuff and I just didn't take any of my finals. I was like, I'm not taking any of them. And so I failed all my classes. And so, um, I didn't get any credits for those. Now what they should have done is they should have just been like, well, you're, you know, you're not go- you're not going to 11th grade. But what they figure is, is that, well, you can make it up in summer school. You can take more classes in 11th grade than you normally would. Um, and, uh, you know, you've got time to make it up. So that's what I did. Um, so they don't really hold you back. You know, they just basically say, by the time you're a senior, which is what happened to Don Anderson, 
um, you know, he was a senior and he just didn't have enough credits to graduate. So then at that point, they said, well, you got to come back next year and you have to take like three classes. So he was just a student for three classes and then he could, then he would go home. So that's the crazy, that's crazy system over here. (laughs) <laughs> that sounds way too difficult. Over here, it's literally you go to school, you take a test at the end, that's it, you're done. Oh no, yeah, it's it is kind of crazy over here, but I, it depends. I mean, a lot of kids out here, um, when you turn, I, I don't know how it is there, but when you when you turn, um, I think it's 16, you're allowed to drop out of school altogether, and when you turn 18, you can call yourself in sick and. Or just not show up if you don't want to. I mean, you, again, you'll fail, and and so a lot of kids just um, they don't go back to school. I mean, they just quit school altogether. So um, you know that's a problem for school systems and administrations because they you know they don't want to have a record of kids dropping out of school and things like that. So they you know there's uh, yeah they try and do things to keep kids in school. I don't know. That's just how it well, is. Well, we only go to school till we're sixteen. So. Okay. So we do um, senior school or high school is uh, literally you start when you're 12 and um, you do year 7 through to 11. Okay. And um, literally when you, you do 7 and 8 and then in year 9, literally is um, your choices year. Like you take some subjects and you do a load of tests. And after them tests, um, you choose the subjects you want to do for um, your GCSEs. Okay, what's which that? Which are literally like your grades, your your uh, high school grades. Oh, all right. Which allow you to, you know, g- get into certain courses in college and things like that. Or for the people who are obviously not so bright, they do a GMVQ, which they're like, oh, uh, a GMVQ in um, business studies is the equivalent of, say, a GCSE in business studies and maths. I- I'm not sure how that works out because I only did um, GCSEs. Um, so, okay. Choices. You choose uh, what lessons you want to do. Obviously, English, maths, and science are uh, mandatory. Um, so, so what does that do for you, though? When you when you when you graduate with that, I mean, does that help you when you go to college, or I mean, do you get out of a job and somebody says, uh, "I mean, look at your GCSE scores or something," and then you're like, "Well, I did really good in science." And you're like, "Oh no, you can't you can't work here." I mean, I, you know, I don't know what what does that matter. Well, um, well, I'll just say now, it's, uh, it's changed now over here because um, you have to stay now till you're 18. Literally, I think it was 2008, any kids starting senior school have to stay till they're 18. But it's not in education, it's literally you rather finish year 11 and do two years of college courses in school, which we call uh, in-school colleges over here are called six forms. Okay. You either do that or get put into an apprenticeship. So you do like work-based learning and get paid like pennies to do it, but at the end of it, you get a full-time job. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, I'm, I don't know a lot about that because obviously, once you're out of school, it's out of mind <laughs> over it or outside, out of mind. Um, but yeah, um, when you leave school, you get your GCSE grades. Uh, you can choose rather go to a college or just go straight into work. But when I left school, um, college over here at the time, I left school in 2002. It didn't seem like a thing you were pressured into. I know, like, I only see this through television and films in America. Sure, right. 
it seems like a, a big deal. You have to go to college, otherwise you're flipping burgers for the rest <laughs> of your life. Which yeah. over here is, um, you know, it didn't seem that way because a lot of my friends from school didn't go to college. And uh, I did I did four years of college and they seem like they've got better jobs than me at the moment. <laughs> you know, they seem better off. Yeah, I, I don't know. It depends on your your job market, really. Um, you know, we we hear. Uh, look, I didn't go to college, and I got a I got a decent job, but I had to work my ass off to get it. Um, over you know a long period of time, most of my friends that didn't go to college have really struggled, and uh, even a lot of people that did go to college ended up with majors that they couldn't do much with once they got out of college. You know, and. Um, that's why I try to tell Jedi not to get things like a communications degree because, you know, I'm not sure he's going to be able to really get a job with that once he gets out of school. Um, yeah. What you find, what we had in our school, in our in our high school, is we had um, a system where there was a trade school uh, that would take the, um, the two last years, so um, uh, junior, senior, which you would have been 16, 17, or 17, 18, depending on when your birthday fell. And you would go to this other school, and different um, cities would also send their kids to this school. It was sort of like centralized, and um, they would learn a trade. So you might learn how to like fix cars, fix trucks. Um, there used to be a computer course, but when I was actually in school, they didn't have it. Um, there was a cooking course. You know, there's a hairstyling, just a trade school. And yeah. so a lot of the kids would actually figure out, hey, I'm not going to go to college. Um, I'm going to go to this trade school and get a job outside of uh, out of college. For the most part, that works pretty well for them. Um, so then the other kids that were in school that were um, junior seniors were typically the people that would uh, be studying to go into college. You know, they would be taking all their college prep courses and everything so they can get ready to go into to college once they graduate. And then there was a few people like myself and Don Anderson who didn't fit into either of those. And so yeah. um, we ended up going into a program called... Um, OWA or OWE, which is Occupational Work Adjustment, Occupational Work Experience. And basically what that meant is, is we went to school for half a day. Uh, we got out of school at about 1130 in the morning, and then we went to work. We had to get a job, uh, and we just went to work for our job, and we got school credit uh, for working. So I, I always thought that was great because I was, I was like, cool, I get paid to go to school. This is this rocks, you know, so that was... That was pretty awesome for me, but um, yeah, I don't know. that's college for people over here. <laughs> um, literally, uh, I'll just jump ahead a tiny bit, but not sure. too long, because um, I did two years in one college, and um, I decided to go to a different college, do another two years, rather than uh, go ahead to uni or university. But um, literally, in my second stint at college, um, they introduced a thing called uh, how was it called e uh, EMT or EMP which is um, literally you get paid like £30 a week just to go to college. Oh. Like you go to college and you, as long as you go all to, to all your lessons, you get £30 a week, which when you're in college over here working a part-time job, say in McDonald's or Toys R Us, that's what you get when you're working there anyway a week. So <laughs> unfortunately, because I was over 18 at that point, I didn't get it. So I still had to do the Toys R Us job. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Yeah, but um, yeah. So I um, I got my. Did you really work G at Toys R Us? Yeah, yeah. I just did it as a Christmas job. Oh, that's all right though. But, um, worse jobs yeah, so than that, you know. Working, I'd rather work with a toy job than 
being like, well, you got to come over here and shovel horse shit for an hour every day or something. You know, be like, ah, I'll go work at Toys R Us. So, you know, I'll set up action figures. I don't know. Well, I was lucky because I got on the video game department. So oh, I was just, um, there you go. Awesome. Even better. Basically playing little kids on uh, the original Halo on Xbox. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Losing, losing, so they got addicted to it and went and bugged their mum to buy it. That's an all right gig, man. I wouldn't knock that. There's, there's people I know today. I mean, I bet Jedi Hillis would love to have that Toys R Us job right now. That'd be awesome for him. Uh, yeah, but uh, Christmas time and Christmas hours over here is like, um, is it Black Friday? Right. When you see literally people just running through a barge out the way. <laughs> right. Yeah, so it wasn't that much fun. Yeah. Um, as I was saying, with, um, so I did all my uh, GCSEs in school. Okay. And, um, I I had to go to a college called Civic College, which was down the road, which is, at the time, the best one in the uh, county, uh, Essex. Okay. And um, I wanted to do A-levels. These are, like, the um, the main grades, like, the big the big uh, courses everyone wants to take. And, uh, unfortunately, being, like, young and stupid, I wanted to do media photography you know, all the uh, silly subjects that you regret later in life. <laughs> but um, when I did my GCSEs, yeah. they, um, I got my results back. And my science test said um, not attended. Uh, which meant uh, you didn't do well? or No, it, it meant that I, they reckon that I didn't show up. Even though I, you do two science tests at two hours each. And I, know, I knew full well that I sat in there for four hours... So see, I went to the school and they went to the, uh, I think it's like the education board or someone, and they looked up on the cameras that I was in the test. Oh, they had and to they, look they, at the they, video to see if you were there. Wow. Yeah. But um, <laughs> it's the thing. And uh, but unfortunately, they couldn't do, they asked me if they wanted to resit it. And I was just like, not really. And um, they said, oh, what we'll do, because at the beginning of the year, you do a mock test, like a practice test. And what they did is... Um, they use my mock test grades, which uh, in science I got a C. Okay. Which um, to do the courses that I wanted to do in college, I needed all Bs, which oh. I got in every other subject. But that one held me back, so I didn't do the A levels. I did a thing, it's called a, a AVCE, media course, which is um, literally the equivalent to what I said about the GMVQs, you know, this AVC course plus doing a little English course makes up for the A level. I did that for two years, and it wasn't really what I wanted to do. It was um, it was a lot of newspaper work, and obviously I just wanted to do, like, film and television. Right. So um, after them two years, I went to um, a college called Basildon College, which is more like a community college, and did the A-levels. Okay. Yeah, um, that was all right. But, so, so, uh, your end, like... so, so your end goal uh, when doing all this was you, you mentioned photography and camera work and stuff. Was that you wanted to be like a television cameraman, or I mean, what was your, what were you shooting for at that point? Well, I, I did, when I went into um, college the first time around, I, I had a lot of interest in writing. You know, like writing for television, writing for film. But slowly, as the years went by, you realise there's absolutely no industry in this country for stuff like that. Right. You know the job. So like a needle in a haystack right so um through my second stint at college i was just like changing courses you know i was changing photography for maths just trying to get something worthwhile you know but by the time um i finished they said do i want to go university and i, I just had enough at that point you know 
So you said no. So you just did jun- uh, you did junior college, and that took you to how old were you? Twenty one. Twenty one, and you didn't want to continue on to uh, university. Nah, not at that point. I was done. Um, but <laughs> I don't uh, blame you, man. That's a lot of school. Just to, yeah. <laughs> well, the to- thing is, it was it was all good because in this country at the time, like when I was about fifteen, sixteen. The drinking law over here is 18. Right, right. But at that time, it, it was the most unlean law in the world. So like me and my friends were going after school down like the snooker and pool clubs. Okay. And, drink, and drinking at like 15, 16 years sure. old. Sure. And we, um, I don't know, you don't really watch the World Cup over there, do you? Not much. It's on, but we don't, yeah, not much. So it was uh, in 2002, it was in... I'm not sure where it was. I think it was like Japan or somewhere where they're like 12 hours ahead. And we were going down to the local pubs at 7 in the morning in our school uniforms with our football shirts over the top, <laughs> drinking and then going to school. And they wouldn't say anything of it because they knew, oh, these kids, you know, there's no police around at this time, you know. So, what, so, so who, who's your team? Uh, well, that, that was England. Oh, well, in the World Cup, right. But I mean, like, yeah. uh, locally, like, you know. You like a Manchester United guy, or how's that work over there? No, no, no. North London, Tottenham Hotspur. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's rather the North London is Tottenham Hotspur, uh, Tottenham Hotspur or Arsenal, and uh, Arsenal's nickname is the Scum. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. <clears throat> if Anderson, Don Anderson follows it, he he likes the Rangers, and uh, you know, so if he was here, he could talk Scotland, to you about it. Don't yeah, 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 right, exactly. Um, <clears throat> so yeah. Okay, so at that point you, you're you're 21. You're getting out of school and you need a job, right? So yeah. um, you know it, it, now at this point you didn't hook up. You're not married at 21 or anything. You didn't uh, no, go no, home with a girl just... from the bar or anything and say, "Hey, let's uh, let's start a family." Nothing like that. You just uh... no, no. At this point, I was young, free. <laughs> okay. Hey, it happens in my school. I mean, we had girls that were knocked up in school. You know, they get out of 18 or whatever. They're married. Um, so, so what'd you do? job you had to work right or did you just go home to your parents and you were like well i'm done i'm gonna take a year off you know and they were like no you're working well um, actually my parents they divorced um when i was about six or seven. Oh, okay and um my mom she um after she divorced from my dad she got with this guy and uh, she had my younger sister and um this guy was a real you know you know piece of work oh okay treat us like crap and all that and um, literally after she broke up with him, she got a job cleaning tables in this restaurant. And uh, it was a Chinese buffet restaurant in our like local uh, entertainment complex. And from there, literally, they were like, because um, they were a new big company, they were like, oh, we can't do these tax rebates and all this stuff. So she was like, oh, I know how to do that. And because uh, when she was with my dad, like he taught her when he had the shops, like when she was a bit younger. Right. So literally, within a year of cleaning tables, she was the uh, restaurant manager. Wow. Well, that's cool, I guess. Yeah, and she um, yeah, she earned a bit of money from that. And um, obviously, the company split up. Hmm. Bought, uh, two of the uh, owners, because there was four in total, got with her, and they started their own chain. Oh, really? Wow. So, yeah, this was about 10 years after. A Chinese started. restaurant chain? Yeah, <laughs> it's called um, Aroma. If anyone in England's listening, look it up. But um, hmm. yeah, so she did that, and she moved to um, a place called uh, Barnet, 
in North London, which is literally down the road from where I was born, uh, in Enfield. And I stayed living with my older brother, Dan, down here when I was like going through college, like and started college. Okay. And um, yeah, so I left college and um, I was literally, I was working a job called uh, Debenhams, which is, um, what do you call them over there, like department stores? Sure, I guess. I'm not sure what uh, it is. Macy's yeah. or something. Oh, yeah, clothes, right, yeah. Department jewelry, store. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. And um, I was doing that part-time in college. And uh, I didn't want to do that because it was really boring. Uh, <laughs> so I literally sat down one day, um, 21 years old, not knowing what to do. So um, I just started going through the classifieds on the internet, you know, jobs here, jobs there. Right. And I, and I see... Um, an accounting job for a company accounting and it was really good money at the time and I was like oh yeah I bet I could do that and it was a phone number only they didn't want to we call them a CV over here CV what's yeah okay so correct me if I tell you um, it's literally like your job history and all that stuff oh okay resume I think you call it oh resume right on yeah so literally I uh, put on Google like what the job entitled and I phoned them up and literally on the phone I don't know what you could have but I blagged the job which was literally they were like oh um, can you do this and I was like yep 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 <laughs> like, not having a clue what it was no, and, they really? like, <laughs> <laughs> and they were like oh can you come in tomorrow for an interview I was like yeah sure so um, I literally <laughs> spent the night just looking up on the internet what it was, and um, went to the interview the next day and nailed it. <laughs> really, you got the got, job? Wow, that's that's freaking crazy. But did you could you actually do the job? Were you uh, were you capable enough to do it? Well, yeah. There's uh, luckily I'm like my I probably got it from my mum with that other job. Just literally, you know, self taught myself to do everything. You know, I was in there literally w- learned as I went along, but also just learned enough beforehand to get me through. Right. Well, that's cool. Um, so, like, three, four weeks out of college, I've got myself an accounting job, which people go to, like, college and university to do. Yeah, I mean, here you have to be, like, certified or something in order Let's to see, get Because it. It, it was a company, it was a building company. They um, they work for, like, the local councils. Uh, um, councils sort of like a government, you know, like local government. Right. And um, they get um, given the job, say, like, certain houses need their pipes repaired or like something rebuilt like contracted out to them and um that was the company and now uh, the people in the office were quite old so i just went in there you know like young hotshot and they were, <laughs> i must have convinced them that you know oh this guy knows what he's talking about oh, it's like secret of my success or something you just totally walked in and blew the doors off and took the job yeah. well, that's awesome so i mean are you still there <laughs> no no i did that for about three years and um my friend he um he had a load of money saved up and he always wanted to make a thing it was a milkshake bar okay yeah sort of like a fast food place but you serve like milkshakes which are like um you know like say a mars bar or a snickers bar milkshake right you literally uh, make it there and then you know you use the chocolate bar the ice cream milk and whip it up and being in a seaside town we was like oh you know we should do this. So um, I had a bit of money so uh, saved up because obviously that accounting job paid quite well. Right. <laughs> and I was like dosing with my like living with my brother quite cheap, so I wasn't paying many bills. So um, got some money together and I borrowed a little bit, got a loan, 
and we uh, went into business and opened the shop, which um, it was good. Um, well, I mean, you guys just like sat around. And you said, "Hey, taste this milkshake I made," and you were like, "Hey, this is pretty good." And he's like, "Yeah, let's open up a store." And you're like, "Cool!" And you guys just went out and opened up a store. That's pretty cool, man. You, you kind no, of a- that is literally almost how it went. We got a local <laughs> pub called the uh, the Alexander in South End, the Alex, and every Tuesday they do pound a pint. Okay. Which is um, I don't know. No, I got you. you, know, you, you yeah, yeah. Uh, for a pound, right? And it's literally like till three in the morning so we'd be down there and he'd always tell me about it he'd be like yeah yeah it's milkshakes every week and there was just one day where i was like yeah yeah we'll look into it and literally within two months the ball was rolling wow <laughs> yeah we were getting the money we were opening it like we got the uh, property in the middle of the high street like the uh the town strip no kidding wow yeah and um so i was i was 23 bloody uh opening my own business well, you must have been—you must have been thinking uh, life wasn't that hard at that point. You, uh, oh, you, no, you, you... <laughs> I, at that point, I had—I think I was a bit like you. I was buying all the old video game consoles. <laughs> I had the shelving unit, literally, with just like Nintendo, NESs, Ataris. There you go. Yeah, just—you uh, must have been—you th- know, just like wow, I got this easy accounting job. Wasn't that? Difficult. Now I got this uh, start of my own business. Boom. You know, pretty good for 23, man. Boy. Yeah, unfortunately, that's when the uh, recession was creeping around. Ah, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So what happened? Uh, did your Was your business good at first? Or then it just kind of, you know, were people yeah. receptive to the idea of the milkshake bar? Or? Yeah, yeah, it was really good. But then unfortunately, like, obviously, just the uh, recession was starting to hit, it hit our town quite bad. And it was just like on a slow decline. Mm. And at that point, we were getting a lot of interest from like outside parties. Right. So um, we like, literally like we sat down and had the heartbreaking conversation of like you know, what do we do? Do we see if we can pull through it, or do we try and like cut our losses now and get out of as much as we can? Right. And um, at that point, obviously, it was getting harder and harder. You know, we were taking less money home. Right. Right. And uh, obviously. In the high street, a lot of the big name stores were going under, so we was just like, we got to cut, cut and go, you know. Right, right. Well, that sucks. So we um, we got some guy. He was interested. We like literally sold it off to him for like minimum price. Did, cut our ends. Did, is it still there? I mean, is that guy still running it, or uh, you know? Last last time I checked, it was. Well, <laughs> yeah, but um. Obviously, I walked, like this last time I see it was about six months ago. Sure, sure. Past, and he's got like no customers in there, so <laughs> that makes you feel better about yourself. Yeah, right. You didn't uh, you didn't see him opening up like a chain of them or anything, you know, <laughs> nah. next to your house or something, and being like, oh. <laughs> All right. So uh, you cut your losses. You take whatever money you have left from that. And did you go back to accounting, or what did you uh, what did you end up doing? Well, at this point, I'd um, met who's now my wife. Um, we were together for a while, and she fell pregnant. Okay. Like, this was one of the factors that obviously drove me to think, you know, I've got to go now. I've got to get something right that can guarantee at least a certain amount a month. So um, I just did the same as I did before with the accounting, just browsed the classifieds, and um, I found a job locally to where I live, which was the pay was all right. It was literally start from the bottom, work your way up, you know, do simple jobs. And it was um, 
building electronic security systems. Oh, okay. Sure, right. Yeah, like keypads and things like that for computerized uh, security systems. So I went in there, I did did the old um, talk it up lagging as <laughs> I did before, and I got the job. And that's what I'm doing today. I've worked myself up a little bit, but... So you so you build the units yourself, or do you install them, or how does that work exactly? We literally get like the um, the PCB boards, do the components, program the chips, put them all together. You know, basically things like that. It is basically building from scratch. Oh, so you could totally like do a big heist. You could program it so only you could get into it, and you could walk in and unload well, a we, house or something. We, well, our <laughs> company builds the uh, motion sensors for Porsche. Oh, no kidding. <clears throat> wow. Yeah, so when someone um, drives past in their big Harley and rocks a Porsche and the alarm goes off, that's probably me that built that. <laughs> that's funny. Well, that's kind of cool, though. Yeah, I mean, at least you guys got some, uh, some st- you know, stable business, it sounds like, so that's good. Especially with yeah, the way the, the, the world markets are right now, it seems like nothing can stay open for very long. It's, it's picking up now, so um, I had the talk over Christmas with my wife about getting back into accounting, so... But I was thinking of going to like a night college, an adult college, to actually get some certifications right. in accounting. <laughs> so I've got something else to back me up. Yeah, that's a good idea. As well as experience. Yeah. So that sounds like something you'd want to do. You kind of the end of your yeah, rope yeah. with the with the uh, installer business. Or yeah, what? yeah, I miss the money. Yeah. The <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't blame you. All right. Well, that's cool. So accounting. So you're going to go on to be a great accountant. Is that the end goal, or do you uh, do you have a dream job or anything you'd like to do down the road or anything like that? Well, uh, now obviously I've got a kid. Now I've got a little girl. Um, obviously, that seems the target now. You know, yeah. stable, it's right. good money. Mm-hmm. It's respectable. What about um, where you live? Would you like to leave, or are you pretty happy with where you are? Um, I. I at the end of the day with me, it's like if I've got my PlayStation, the local cinema and the local pubs, I'm fine. Uh, <laughs> but my wife, all her family literally live within a stone throw of the house. So she's pretty happy where she is. Okay, yeah. It's got a nice beach down the road as well. I have a, I have a buddy I work with who's from, uh, he's from Wales. And yeah. uh, he, um, he met a, a girl and she, uh, you know, they got married and they lived here for a while and the marriage didn't work out so well and they had kids together. And um, she went back and she lives on the Isle of Wight. I don't know if you know where that All is. Right. And, um, you know, so it's it's kind of crazy with the kids because, you know, he still lives here, you know, so the kids got to transfer back and forth, you know, from... Uh, England to the United States on holiday and all that kind of stuff. That kind of thing could be super expensive. But, you know, because she didn't, you know, she could have stayed here, but, uh, you know, all of her family was uh, there. So she, you know, she wanted to go back to the Isle of Wight. But that's kind of crazy because there's no airport or anything, you know. you got to take the ferry back and forth. Yeah. I don't know. I've never been to the Isle of Wight. No. Um, yeah, it's... A lot of people go go there for cheap holidays, but it's literally a um, small island. Yeah, I think the population's about two hundred. Yeah, and, um, I've, I have no idea. They've got like one beach and one amusement park. That's about it. Hmm. I don't know. So you said your your town is like a beach town. I mean, is it like get a lot of? Um, you get a lot of tourists there. Yeah, we um, in the summer we get a lot of um, Europeans, like Germany, uh, Germans, French. So a bunch um, of hotels and things like that there, that kind of thing. Or? It's very, very old English. You know, we've got um, 
like a lot of the hotels are like old Victorian hotels and they've got pictures all over the place of when say like Queen Victoria visited like 150 years ago or whenever that was sure I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, ask me. Oh, old English. Oh, no idea what you're talking about. Uh, no, that's cool. So I, I um, uh, I don't know too much about uh, English uh, government. I don't know how well you follow it. Um, but uh, I'm I'm just curious. Uh, you know, do you do you go vote? Do you feel? Do you vote? Or I mean, I know that the people vote, but I mean, do you vote personally? Do you go voting? I, I only ever voted once, and that was. Um when I was 19. Yeah. But um, back then, I just did it because it was the first time I was able to. Right. But ever since then, I was I used to watch, like, um, you know, basically the the party's bids, and I was just like, these assholes are just looking out for themselves, you know? Right. <laughs> End of the day. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I wasn't, yeah, I, I was curious if pe- people over there felt, uh, you know, compuls- uh, compulsory to vote, you know, to go vote or whatever, because here... United States, it's it's not really very good. Uh, you, when we have a presidential election, um, people will usually go out because um, they somehow manage to make it seem like everybody here is involved. You know, like uh, if this guy gets voted in, he's gonna kill your children. You know, and like, oh no, I gotta go vote. Um, but we tend to have a, you know, we have a lot of smaller elections, and we have, um, uh, you know. Uh, every two years, we have sort of a like a house election type of thing, and most people don't go vote for those. And I was just curious how it was over there. If everybody, you know, hey, are you, are you going voting? We're all going voting today, you know, because I guess some countries, you know, they get really involved, and like most of the population goes. Some, I think like um, in some countries, it's mandatory. It's like you know, you have to go vote. You know, it's the law. And I was just curious how it was over there. Yeah, now over here, it's literally. One of them screwing you over on one thing, and the other one's just going to screw you over on the other thing. <laughs> it's it's literally you know what, what thing do you want to get screwed over on more than the other? It sounds like the American system. Uh, so you yeah. didn't you didn't feel uh, compelled to join the service, huh? Uh, uh, no, my brother joined the army. Um, he was in for two years, but he was medically discharged. He had um, I think he had some kind of cyst oh. on his shin. And obviously, one day it just went out, and he—I um, think he broke his leg. Wow, really? And um, like he, he was off for a while, and he went back, and he was having trouble with it. So they just uh, medically discharged him. Wow, that's cool. But now I... he works for the police, so <laughs> he's okay with that. <laughs> he does—he does dog patrols. So when whenever there's a bit of um, riots or trouble, he's always out there with his big dog. No kidding! Wow. Yeah. So your brother's like the enforcer. That's awesome. So you get all yeah. you get all rowdy in your soccer gear coming out of the pub, and he's there with his dog, and he's like, "Look, man," <laughs> and you're like, "F you!" And you throw a beer bottle at him and stuff. And you know, yeah, little... I, know, I know all these dogs' commands. So I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be good. Yeah, just you just shut mm-hmm. him down. So that's cool. So um, so it sounds like you got it. You got it pretty much going on. So what's your um, you got anything else you want to throw in there before we talk games or? Uh... Um, I had a interesting story about my family history. It's not very long. Sure, go um, ahead. Yeah, awesome. I remember my dad. My dad told me a, quite a long, uh, a couple of years ago. It was um, obviously my surname is Phillips, but I always knew that um, somewhere down the line that we had Polish and Russian descendants. Okay. And uh, my daddy told me that um, my original family name was Sovnovsky. and what it was is. Um, 
turn of the century, say like you know the 18s going into the 1900s, uh, we were get, uh, England was getting a lot of um, like refugees and people coming over from Eastern Europe. Okay. And um, obviously they had no education, no money. Right. So when they come to the uh, the docks and they had to sign their name, like like their names and where they come from, obviously they couldn't spell anything. Or could it couldn't even speak a word of English, so what they did was Philips at that time was like one of the main household appliances. Okay, right. So you know, um, so that's all they pretty much knew what to write because they had seen it on, say, like their old, <laughs> right? I don't know, vacuum or whatever. Right, right. Day. So that's how you ended up with the last name. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a lot easier to write down than Solvnovsky, so. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. I don't, I don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't think my wife would have been too chuffed about that either. <laughs> That's kind of like in, uh, you ever see what The Godfather Two, um, uh, the movie. That's um, Robert De Niro when he was a little kid. The guy looks at his his, uh, his card and writes down the name of the city as his last name. So that's how he ended up with the name uh, Corleone. Hmm. It was, uh, you know, it's a movie, but yeah, it's kind of funny. So, yeah. so you said you have um, you have podcast. Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, I do one. I, I I host a movie one with my friend. It's called the Movie Dudes. The Movie Dudes. Can people find that on iTunes if they do a search for the Movie Dudes. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, it's. I think it's the top search on iTunes. Um, it's not really. We do some current films, but um, more just our favorite films. A lot, basically, a lot of eighties films. Sure. Yeah, you know, like we always end up talking about Bill and Ted or Wayne's World or something. <laughs> like that. That's all right. That's all good. Do, do you guys um, have a website? Um, yeah, it's uh, the movie dudes blog dot blogspot dot com. All right, everybody, write that down. <laughs> and we do. Um, this is probably not interesting to uh, the American listeners, but we do a football or a soccer. Oh, I'm sure there's some, and we don't always have all American listeners. Uh, amaz- amazingly, have a pretty international audience. Uh, you know, so that's yeah, cool. Um, so wh- what's what's that? It's uh, it's for our team. Uh, it's Tottenham Hotspur one. It's called Balls Deep. <laughs> we just wanted to come up with the thing that would stick in your head so it's called Balls Deep for Tottenham Hotspur podcast that's a great name that's awesome and uh, yeah. just uh, so they can do a search for Balls Deep yeah we're actually number four in the uh, UK sports iTunes chart wow awesome yeah. above the BBC so that was quite interesting <laughs> for a while. wow you're almost there now you just gotta get some advertising and uh, you know you'll be uh, you'll be Making the big bucks. Forget the accounting job, man. The future is in down the system. Yeah, the future is in podcasting. No, it's not. Don't don't be fooled. Um, but that's cool. Awesome. Did you want to know anything about the NHS? NHS. What's that? You know the National Health Service. No, not even sure what you're talking about. Well, you know, like in America, you have to pay for everything. Right. Say so you you like stub your toe and you get a plaster. I assume you have to uh, pay for that. Yeah. In a hospital. Right. Right. Well, the NHS is over here. It's um, literally we go to the doctor, uh, the hospital. We don't have to pay. It's all free. Oh, right, right, right. Sure, right. It's like your public medical system, right? Yeah, and because um, I know I hear a lot. I like, I watched um, the Michael Moore film Sicko. Right. And a lot of Americans are like, oh, we can't have that. That's that's outrageous. You know, <laughs> like what do you call it? Like social medicine. Right. 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 Exactly. Yeah, there- and. Um, what it is over here, you pay every month, say, you, for every £1,000 you earn, 
you pay an average of about a hundred pound tax and fifteen pound national insurance. Okay. Which that's divided into your um, that goes into the NHS, which is the health system, and goes into your national pension. It's like when we get to I think it's sixty four, it just went up a year. We get a government pension. Wow. Of say I'm not sure how much it I think it's probably about fifty pounds a week or something. Oh, and it also goes into unemployment as well. But but is it but is it like England like suffering through like some huge budget crisis now or something and they can't you know they're like all out of money and they're like oh we've got to you know change all this and stuff or no that's not happening or it's it's I tell you what, we're a lot better off I think than usual right? yeah well that's probably true yeah we're not too bad we they say over here they're like yeah we've got to do this and then we've got to do this to save ourselves and then they go and lend Ireland like seven billion pound right <laughs> and it's like because um on the fourth our um our vat which is uh do you have that vat which is tax on the product you buy uh, we have a yeah it's called sales tax yeah literally say i buy a, a pack of um of potato chips right for 40p 17 and a half percent of that goes to the government yeah but now it's going to 20 percent wow okay yeah so um well, there, I, there's I there's talk that there's talk about doing that here. We, you know, we have a different. You know, the states have a tax. So when you go buy something, they don't tax food unless it's like um, entertainment food, like beer, or pop, or something. But if you just buy like apples, they don't tax that. Um, but if you, um, but generally every government has a sales tax. Every state has yeah. a sales tax. So, you know, like the state I'm in, it can be like 7 or 8%, depending on what county you're into. Um, and that just goes to the state. Uh, the federal yeah. government gets their money out of your paycheck. So they just take your, um, uh, basically about 20% of your pay goes to the federal yeah. government. So for me, it's every every thousand pound I earn, they take about 100 pound and 15 pound national insurance. Uh, it's about ten percent, just over ten percent over here. Yeah, <clears throat> so we've, um, we, we've uh, we've enslaved our employers with it, which has got to change. Uh, you know, the big the biggest problem is is what's going on in our country. So you have a bunch of people who are they want to keep it the way it is because they have health insurance right now and it's pretty good for them. But the problem that we have is that we've kind of now, you know, the United States is in the world market. You know, there's China, there's England, there's Europe, there's um, you know, I don't know, Australia or something. And everybody's uh, out there competing, you know, selling products and moving the products around. And the problem is, is that all of our products are, all of our businesses have to pay health insurance to all their employees. So uh, all of our products end up costing more because they have to pay for health insurance. Where all these other countries like yours, for instance, you know, you as an individual pay it. uh, The business doesn't necessarily pay it. And yeah. or if you're China, I don't know what they do. They don't. They just take you out back and shoot you in the head or something because they don't have any healthcare. But um, the uh, so we, the problem in this country is it's very divided over what to do. And you have to, you know, the only solution that's going to work is you have to have a socialized medical plan. Yeah. You have to. And people don't want to hear that because they're afraid it will turn into a situation where it'll be just as corrupt as the rest of the government is and people will have terrible health care. Um, I don't know you know, what the, what the solution to that is. Uh, Obama passed this new thing where it's now the, the law that everybody has to have insurance and that businesses have to provide it to you or pay a penalty. 
But yeah. uh, ultimately, it looks like most of the businesses will end up dropping insurance and just paying the penalty because the penalty is cheaper than to keep paying for insurance. So I don't know. I, anyway, I, I just want to say it's crazy over here. I agree. So we, I, I know it gets a bad rap, but I, I, I defend the NHS because a lot of people over here, they're like, oh, oh the, NHS is ru- the NHS is rubbish. I had to wait two hours when I went up to hospital with a broken leg. And I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> two hours... They fixed your leg, put it in a cast, you're filled to the nines with pills. How much did you pay? Not a penny. Right. You know? <laughs> right. I'm no. sure I'll say, have you ever broken a bone or anything? I know anyone. How much did they have to pay? Yeah, I mean, it's um, here it's insane. I mean, it's just... Yeah. Uh, but that's also a myth over here in terms of how long you have to wait. Uh, people over here are like, well, if you go over there and you try to make an appointment to see the doctor, you might wait months to see the doctor. Well, outside of seeing your primary care physician here, which is like you're just your, you know, I've got a cold doc, you know, give me some medicine. If you need to see any sort of specialist, you have to wait months anyway because there's a yeah. there's a huge queue and there's a line just like it is over there. So it's sort of a, it's sort of bullshit. I don't know. Uh, then they worry about. Um, you know, doctors here have an incentive to give you too much care because they get paid that way. Yeah, so if they you want co- to make that money seem right, so if you go in and you're like, I, don't, I got a cold in my head, they might be like, okay, we're going to give you X-rays and a CAT scan, and uh, you're going to get this thing shoved up your nose, and we're going to have a look around inside your head and everything, and then you get this bill, and it's like thousands and thousands of dollars. And um, where maybe if you're in England, the doctor might say to you, well. Go home and take these pills, and we'll see what you can do. Because you know he's not incentivized to um, overtreat you, and th- so there's concerns about that. I don't know. Well, we don't. Um, we don't have that problem. It's like my uh, wife, she had an ingrown toenail, but it was seriously infected, and she went to the doctor. He put he booked her in at the hospital, literally within um, two weeks. She had an operation, and her toes fine. See, there you go. I don't know. I don't know. It sounds. You know. It seems like. It, it seems like one of these things where, it, for everybody, a lot of these systems are still fairly new. I mean, your system's fairly new. Canada's system's still fairly new. You know, it may take it may take decades to um, prove them right. You know what I mean? At some point, you look at it and you say, "Well, look, they've been using it for fifty years, and it's okay." You know, yeah, ours is just gone over sixty for the NHS. Oh, really? Is it that old? No kidding. Yeah, they, I, they introduced it just after World War Two. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. You'll see there. Yeah. And there you go. But you know, it, it, it's it's. There was an interesting report on it on Frontline, which is a show that uh, you know we have out here, where a guy went around and, and interviewed all the different systems. And the, the biggest problem that all of them have is that it costs too much money. You know, governments don't know where they're going to get the money when they're government run. Private yeah. systems don't know where they're going to get the money when they're privately run. That's the biggest problem too: is that everything costs too much. Uh, yeah. You know, they, they got to come up with a way to bring the price down. But I don't know. I mean, here, like myself, I have a I have a fifteen hundred dollar deductible. So anytime I go to the doctor, the first um, fifteen hundred dollars is comes out of my pocket. Yeah. So you know, it's pretty tough. It, it, it my incentive. Nothing- I think you could have over here that would even cost more than a thousand pound anyway. Right. It it, it it makes it so a lot of people in my position don't want to go to get treated because you don't want to spend that kind of money. Yeah. You know, that's We're, one of the things. Also, we we get a lot of rap for our um, dental hygiene. You right. Know, every right. every 
not on yours, but a lot of podcasts and TV shows, they're always like, oh, the British have got bad teeth. Right, right, yeah. Which, which I'm like, we've, we've, we have free dentistry, you know? <laughs> yeah. So we, we have bad teeth. I, I think it's just an old thing from the... Old English town. Right, you know, just one of those things, I don't know. Before there was the, fluoride and everything, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, but for the... Um, for the people who earn over a certain amount of money, basically like the the high earners, there's um there's a set charge. Say you get a prescription from your doctor, it's, it no matter what it is, whether it's say one painkiller or a thousand painkillers, it's six pounds seventy, and that's it. Wow. Yeah, and um, with the dentist, if you earn over a certain amount of money, you pay um it's sixteen pound to see the dentist, whether you're say having an operation on a tooth or just for a checkup. Wow. But you have to be like, earn over say 20, 25,000 pounds. Well, I just went and got a pack of pills that last me 90 days, cost me $230. Yeah, see, that sucks. (laughs) (laughs) It does suck, man, I'm telling you. That's the thing, I went to, um, this when I was riding high when I had the uh, milkshake bar, I went to Las Vegas for 10 days. Oh, there you go. And um, I woke up one morning with a bad hangover. And uh, me and my friends, we went down to um, like the local store, and a pack. And this was like in one of the back streets, so it wasn't a main strip store. And a pack of uh, aspirin was ten dollars. Right, right. I go down to my local shop. A pack of aspirin's eight pence. <laughs> well, so you, can, you can usually you can usually just get plain aspirin here pretty cheap. I mean, I don't know where you were. Maybe they were gouging you. I mean, technically, you can get just regular aspirin for about a dollar for a bottle of them. Um, but if you go for anything better than that, like, you know, Advil, Tylenol, anything, then, yeah, then the price creeps up considerably. Because um, aspirin over here is the, um, basically the ignored. Most, <clears throat> the most expensive, like, headache pills or anything we got are about two pounds. And that's for the really strong ones. Wow! Yeah, no, nothing. Yeah, we can we pay we we can pay a lot more than that here. Um, but the drug companies here, you know, it's well known that they charge us more than they charge anyone else in the world. Uh, you know, yeah. it's just it's just the price of doing business. All right, so we've done about an hour. Let's talk gaming for a little bit. Um, yeah. Uh, what do you uh, What did you grow up with? Did you um, you know Did you have video games when you were a kid? Yeah, my uh, my first system was an Amiga five hundred. Oh, there you go. There's a guy I have something in common with. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, which was the uh, the big chunky ass keyboard. Yeah, yeah. The massive power block that you plugged <laughs> into a regular TV. Right, right. And you and um used to get like the old WWF games, the uh, Tim Burton's Batman, and um it'd take about three hours and ten discs to load up. <laughs> yeah, the Amiga, the original Amigas were. Uh... They were pretty cool, though, man. I mean, I you know they had a lot of um, they had a, you know weren't best necessarily the greatest gaming machine because versus putting in a game cartridge, but uh, yeah. overall for being a like a inexpensive computer at the time, they were a lot of fun. That's really my. It was so easy to pirate games. And my brother used to come home from school with a, a box full of. Um, <laughs> floppy disks and I'd be like what's that and you'd put it in there'd be about 50 games on it <laughs> and they'd be all like official games as well right you know? right Man. yeah that was a that was a big thing I I was a huge Amiga guy and um, they uh, when Commodore went out of business they came out with that um, CD32 which was their last 30 you know their, their last system it was 32 bit um, and uh, 
the interesting thing about Commodore Business Machines was that all of their affiliates were independently operated, and England's was the biggest. Uh, you know, right. England drove that whole market. Uh, you know, it was a competitor system versus Sega and um, Nintendo for a long time over there. And when Commodore went under um, uh, Commodore England, uh, UK is what it was called. Commodore UK tried to actually buy the rights to Commodore International to keep it going. And they actually produced their own CD32 units themselves up in Scotland somewhere uh, in order to keep up with demand, local demand. Uh, it was fairly interesting because there was a lot of big developers at the time that developed specifically for Amiga like Psygnosis, um, Bullfrog, uh, things like that before they were all absorbed by other, you know, other game companies. So yeah. it was a fairly cool system. And, yeah. and then you moved uh, on to, what, Mega Drive or something? or No, no, we had... Um, oh, where did we go from? We had that Amiga for quite a long time. But also, um, we weren't forced into upgrading so soon because literally we lived across the road from like the beach and there was miles... There's about a mile strip where I live of just, you know, like arcades, gaming arcades. Sure. So we weren't like pressured to go. Oh, I've got to go and get the uh, NES, right, with, right. Uh, the Mars system. So we'd just go down there and play play Ninja arcade Turtles. games. <laughs> um, no, no Gizmondo purchase in your life or anything like that. No, no, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, I, I got the original Game Boy with Tetris. Oh, there you I go. Remember, yeah, that's I cool. Getting that, being about five or six, I remember it being like holding a brick in your hand yeah those things were huge yeah but um my brother always made the bad choices because i got the game gear i got the game boy and he got the sega game gear oh right yeah which you probably thought was better because it was color but yeah uh, yeah he was changing his batteries every like, <laughs> batteries would go dead and the thing was wasn't kind of blurry and not that great yeah that's funny yeah and then uh, from there we went to the uh super nintendo Okay, which was a great system. Yeah, we, we got a lot of American games come over because you had the Square cartridges right. for yours. And we, ours were like a, a curved, round shape. Okay. I mean, was it like a Famicom or something? Super Famicom? Is that what they called it over there? Or was it just called Super Nintendo? Yeah, it was Super Nintendo. Okay. It's just just basically for like region lockout. Oh, okay. They made a different shaped cartridge so you just had to pop off the plastic and put the cartridge in with the circuit board or something to play american cartridges uh, we got an adapter which looks like a cartridge and it had um like the pin strip on the top and the pin strip on the back and you'd put the the american u.s game in top and then you'd put an english like uh, a uk game in the back strip oh that's interesting something like to decode it or something and then you could just play it oh that's cool Oh. Yeah, I had, I had the same thing years later with um, the Nintendo 64. Oh, no kidding. Uh, yeah, Nintendo's never been really good with copy protection anyway. It always was some sort of uh, switch or, you know, chip change or some bit. They never really employed, like, a good encryption scheme to keep people out for the longest time. Um, yeah. You know, like GameCube, just they had that weird round, you know, how are you going to copy a GameCube game? I mean, people did it, but it was like, you know... What, what are you going to do? It's like, a, it, there's no other disc like that, you know? You can't go out and get one and be like, yeah, I'm going to use this, you know? It was clever. No, they find a way. Right. <laughs> they always do, yeah. But then nobody really wanted to bother. I think um, it was only like that back, because that was, say, early 90s, because we were pretty bad over here with um, 
censorship. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if you heard of, like, the video nasties and things like that. No, mm-mm. It's literally, like, things like the Evil Dead and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like, films were banned. Oh, really? We didn't, we, <laughs> we didn't get them again until, say, like, the late 90s when the, uh, it's called the, um, is it the MPAA? Right, that? right. Or the BBFC, something over here. We're literally watching them again and saying, yeah, there's nothing bad about these now. <laughs> when they've got the Matrix on telly, you know. Right, right. That's that's <laughs> funny. Yeah, we had, you know, Nintendo sort of had a thing uh, where they censored games, volunte- you know, themselves. That was back when the Super Nintendo was around fighting off against Sega Genesis in the United States. Um, yeah. Genesis did really well in the in the United States versus the Super Nintendo. Super Nintendo did well everywhere else, but um, Genesis just had a really good lock and made Sega a very big company in the United States. Um, they just had a really good marketing over here. And um, so Nintendo tried to diversify by being a more kid-friendly console. So Mortal Kombat, they took out a lot of the fatalities and made it no, no blood. And uh, there was like a blood sensor in all the games, so the blood would be a different color things yeah. like that and sega was just like hey you want blood we got blood we got all the you know and so kids were like oh we want this game system it's got the real blood in it you know just you know whatever i don't know why they called it the mega drive over here though i i don't know it's what they did in japan too which you know doesn't make a lot of sense since you always think it's just going to be something in japanese but you know it always ends up being some english uh, wording you know with yeah. their systems it's kind of funny um but uh yeah, I don't know. Maybe Genesis was copyrighted or something over there, you know, yeah. sometimes. I know they had a problem with Dreamcast, with the Dreamcast swirl um, in one of those countries because it was, uh, somebody sued them because of that. Yeah. It was a trademark. Oh, this was um, blue, the swirl over here. Oh, that's right. Yeah, this is a different color. Yeah. Right, yeah. Somebody somebody had the copyright or trademark or something on the other one. and Yeah. Uh, it's always bullshit like that. It's same with um, you guys had like a tax over there when Sony was trying to bring PlayStation Two over there, and Sony was trying to say that it was a computer, you know, and they were like, yeah, "It's not a computer; it's a game system," you know, and yeah. so that's why they ended up calling it the computer game system or something like that, and they ended up putting Linux on it, and everybody, you know, people think that they put Linux on there because you know they wanted people to like. I don't know, use it as a computer, but in reality it was just to get around the tax issue that England had on, um, England or the Europe or whoever it was on the, um, on game systems that were coming in, you know, to keep the, keep the price down. Uh, and then of course they got rid of it, the Linux thing now or something like that. It's probably causing them too much headache. So, uh, what do you got these days? What are you playing? Well, I had, um, Xbox and PlayStation 3, but, um, unfortunately I needed to buy a new card. Um, just for Christmas, so I sold the Xbox. Um, yeah, I've just got the uh, PS3 Slim at the moment. Oh, that's cool. So you see, wait, you sold the Xbox and bought a car? Boy, Xbox. Oh, no, was... no, it went. No, I just needed a little bit more money. Oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I knew someone who wanted one, so it'd give me a good price. Oh, there you go. Um, that's cool. I miss the online gaming at the Xbox. So, so much easier. Yeah, right. It is. Yeah, you got to pay for it though. I don't know. Do you have yeah, to pay yeah. for it over there? Is it like you know? Uh, it's five pound a month. Oh, really? Okay. Mm. Yeah, I don't know how much it is. Over it's fifty a year, fifty dollars a year. Yeah, but ours is um, pay thirty six pound a year. Oh, okay. So it's similar. Oh. It's close. Depends on the yeah. exchange rate and all that good stuff. So, um. PlayStation 3, though, I'm pretty happy with that. You got a handheld or anything? Did you get a DS or a PSP or anything like that? I had the PSP. Um, never played it. 
Really? That's kind of how yeah. mine is. Well, um, literally, uh, we got a thing over here. I think you've got, is it TiVo? Over yeah, there? right, right. Where you record the TV. Right. Uh, it's called Sky Plus. Oh, okay. Uh, Sky is the big... Um, yeah, Sky TV. Broadcast. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we've got that. So literally, when I get home from work, um, the wife's got all her soap operas and game shows lined up. So when I got home from work, um, she'd just be watching them, and I'd have nothing else to do. So I went and bought a PSP. But then um, I found some games to play on my laptop, so I never paid the uh, PSP. Oh, all right. So what games are you playing? Uh, I just got uh, Black Ops and uh, Red Dead Redemption: The Undead Nightmare. Oh, okay. For Christmas. Sure, sure. Yeah, so I've I've just been playing um, Nazi Zombies on Call of Duty. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Anderson's buddy uh, Don Anderson's uh, friend goes over his house and brings his PlayStation Three over there, and they're always playing that um, Call of Duty Zombie board. I, I haven't played it, but uh, they they do. I, I did play it actually once um, when I reviewed it on Spill, where I was in some sort of house and uh, I was boarding up doors and stuff, and they were coming in. Yeah, yeah, yeah that 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 part I played, but I didn't I didn't keep going with it. So I like that. It's good fun, but um, I think I had the same problem with. I think it was Jedi was talking on the show about um, the the one player campaign. Right. I just I, I started it and I was just like, all I'm doing is hitting buttons mindlessly, you know. Right. <laughs> Not got much tactics to it. Do you like Red Dead Redemption? Yeah, yeah, I love it. The uh, zombie one. Um, I had the original on uh, Xbox, but sold it with that. So I just got the. Uh, I don't know if you've got it over there. We've got the Undead Nightmare as a standalone disc. Oh, yeah, but they do sell it. I didn't buy that, though, right? Yeah, I got the down. I downloaded it. Yeah, I just got it because, obviously, once I complete it, I can just trade it in. Sure. Yeah, rather than... Because I think if you download it, you save, like, £2, which, at the end of the day, if it gets me £10 off a game. Right. It oh, so what, um, what, P, uh, what laptop games were you playing? Uh, I was literally just playing um, this one called RuneScape. My friend was like, oh, come on here. Sure, sure. Like, yep. It's like the, the, the cheap man's version of um, World of Warcraft. <laughs> right. Yep. Just go, go around and um, rob little kids of their uh, jewels or whatever. Have you tried that online, uh, on live service? Is that available to you over there? What's that, on live? Um, it's a... Uh, Basically, if you have a laptop that doesn't have a lot of power on it, you can go on to their service and they, you download a little client and then you can play. Um, they use their servers to render the game um, in you know high definition and everything and send it over to you like a video and it comes through their client and then you can play the game. So you can have like a really low-end machine so long as it can display the video and you have to have fast enough internet. Um, and, uh, and then it um, lets you uh, play... You know, I don't know, Batman Arkham City, um, all of that crap. Uh, I can't think of stuff off the top of my head like that right now, but um, a whole bunch of stuff. I was just curious if you checked it out. There's, no. there's like, there's like a free pass demo. If you get, you know, get a chance. I don't know if you can get it over there, but um, you can check yeah, it out. Yeah, we don't really have a problem with internet over here. Like, um, I pay thirteen pounds a month, and that includes my home phone line and. My internet, which is wireless, and it's uh, is it twenty gig, um, twenty megabytes, or something? Okay. I know it's twenty. It's the highest one at the moment on this uh, on this company. 
So uh, 20, 20 megabytes down? That's really good for the price you're paying. And you get phone, too? Wow. Yeah. They're over here. They're literally jumping over themselves to give broadband away. Like um, Sky TV, they, um, you get it free, but you only get, um, I think you only get like five megabytes or something. Dude, I tell you, I wish we had anything like that. I, I, pay, oh. um, I pay for cable and my, um, my internet portion of that, I get 15, 15 megabit down, which is pretty good, um, two megabit up, and I pay uh, $85 a month for that. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's uh, but, um, much much yeah. more expensive here. Yeah, um, but N- the no Sky one is it's all right, five you know megabytes, but every single person uses it. So when you go on at night, it's quite slow. But my one's fine; it's perfect all through the day. Yeah, and plus for um, we got a Christmas uh, bonus for it. We got three months free, so <laughs> it's even cheaper. See, we're rapidly going to go out of this country's rapidly going to go out of business. We're just yeah. we're spending ourselves into a into a hole. Uh, everybody's going to go broke all at once, and uh, yeah, we're going to be like Argentina when we had Javier on talking about how the president flew away in a helicopter and everybody's money was worth nothing. That's what's going to happen here. But uh, and yeah. then and then hopefully after. Uh, uh, we're done eating each other like cannibals and everything. Um, we'll um, we'll probably have cheap internet too. I don't know. Yeah, when your that... cell phones are outrageous <laughs> over there as well. Yeah, I pay. I got uh, sell two. What? Well, yeah, pr- probably paying about a hundred dollars a month for mine. Yeah. Yeah, I pay thirty pound unlimited minutes, unlimited text, unlimited Wi-Fi, and unlimited data roaming. Thirty pound, and I got the iPhone. <laughs> See, I'm gonna move to and, England. And- <laughs> and I can plug that into my laptop on the go and use it as a modem. And also with my home broadband, which is BT, British Telecom. Right. They have a thing called uh, BT Open Zone. Okay. Which is if you're in basically anywhere that's not the middle of nowhere. So, you know, in a housing area or a town center or right down the seafront. It's like, um, I don't know how they do it by a satellite or telephone poles i can log in and have wireless wow and that's free wow i I mean yeah no (laughs) we got nothing like that man it's uh it's pretty terrible i mean i don't know why you'd think we would be better i mean you know we we, it's just not that great here uh, when it comes to that kind of i mean people are pretty happy to have what they have and um i don't know They, they talk about uh making it even more difficult to uh, get access so i don't know and i don't really know what's going to happen i think eventually it'll probably all become wireless with the 4g cell phones and all that stuff but right now they price gouge so much that um you know there's i don't know not going to change pay extra for wireless did you say um well yeah with the um with the phone i mean i pay you basically pay 30 dollars just for the data plan on a on an iphone and you have a limit of five gigs which is not your, your home broadband. I'm sorry, what was that? Oh, my home. Yeah. No, you don't have to pay extra for wireless. I mean, I in the home, I mean, I don't know. I have a Wi-Fi adapter that I connect to my you know to my cable line. So I mean, I get it that way. I mean, there's no like I can just hook up anywhere type of thing like you're talking about. The minute I take off out of my driveway, I'm I'm uh, there's no more internet. Oh yeah. Um, oh, you got you got perks over there. Um, like when I went to Vegas, the food. <laughs> like um I don't know about the metric system, but um I literally within ten days put on one stone. <laughs> which is I'm not sure is about 
14, 15 pounds. Wow, you were eating, huh? Yeah. <laughs> eating and drinking. Yeah, well, that is uh, that, that is the um, Vegas, too. I mean, that there's a lot of buffet and food to eat out there that's, uh, that's good. No, our food is pretty cheap. Um, you know, we have obesity problems everywhere because of it. I think eventually most of that will be solved when food prices just go up. You know, I mean... It's yeah. so inexpensive now that people don't care that they go out to eat all the time and somebody else fixes it. No one's kind of looking to make, you know, certain food last longer or anything. It's just so inexpensive here that that's, that's why, you know. Yeah, you got um, your, your gas, your petrol's cheaper as well, isn't it? I think it's supposed to be. I don't know what you guys are paying right now. We're paying 13 or excuse me, 13. $3.15 a gallon. I don't know how that works out with, you know, with what you've got over there. Ours is a 1 125. It's 1.25 for a liter, which I think there's about 2 to 3 two and a half maybe three liters to a gallon. Yeah, it's probably somewhere around 2 liters is a gallon. Yeah. So yeah, so um with the exchange rate, yeah, you've probably got it cheaper. Yeah, a little bit. Not not nothing dramatic. When we go up to Canada, Canada's a lot more expensive with gas, but it's nothing, you know, shocking. You know, it's it's not too bad. Um you no, drive bigger cars as well. Yeah, for the most part. Um it, th- that's drive, starting to change. Yeah, I drive a Nissan Micro, which is barely fits me in. It's the smallest <laughs> car. It's a one liter engine. Wow. And and um thirty 35 pounds fills up the whole tank <laughs> yeah it's we're, we're very road dominated though we have like virtually no public transportation system you know we have no yeah. we have really no train system we have amtrak but it's horrible and um it, it you know the only time it, like if i was going to take amtrak to say go someplace you know it only runs once and i can only get on it at four in the morning uh, yeah. and, and take it like to Chicago and then from Chicago then it can go somewhere else I mean it's it's horrible um, you know bus system we have a bus system the bus will only take us into the city or back and only from yeah. certain points I mean we have nothing you know we have planes you know we have a great air transportation system but for the most part there's no like it would be very difficult for someone to um, live here without a car this yeah. would be very hard Everything's designed for automobiles, but yeah, you know. All right, so anything, any closing thoughts or anything? I'll tie this one up. Anything people should uh, know about uh, England that you wanted to touch on? Or? Um, not really. It's, it, from what I hear from a lot of Americans, I think they they get it wrong on a lot of things. It's not so bad over here, but then again, I think we get it wrong about going over there. You know, it's it's a two way thing. You know, but, right. Oh, it, could, it could be a lot worse, you know. I'm just glad that I don't like I I can break my leg and not have to worry about paying through through the years. <laughs> right, you know? right. Like my wife, we had our baby last year, and um, like she, she had all her scans, um, went into the hospital, private room with a um, a birthing pool, birthing stalls, private bathroom, private nurses, like focusing just on us. We had the um, once she had the baby, we had the waiting area, had food, like television. Walked out of there, didn't pay a penny. Wow, wow! So, I mean, it's it's nice, man. Yeah, it's nice to know that you know that the country has got your back. In yeah, some way. right. That's on. Un- and like you can be unemployed, and you know they they take care of your rent, set you up with job offers and stuff. 
sounds great, man. When everything goes yeah. down here, I'm gonna I'm gonna move out there and I'm gonna use you as a reference and uh, yeah. to tell people that I know an accountant who's really good and he's gonna get me a job. No, I don't know, but uh, cool. It's been great talking to you and. Uh, I've learned a lot about um, England. I'm going to have to go battle my, my mother. She's on her way over here now to uh, give me a loaf of bread. That's a true story. Let's go. Cool. So I got yeah. to, um, I'm going to go tackle that. But uh, thanks for thanks for being on the show. You're welcome. It was great. All right. Thanks for having me on. It's great. Thanks. Take it easy. See ya. Yeah. Good night, Bye. everyone.